0: The Five Word Truth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, good to have you on board. This is The Voice of One, otherwise known as Boo, episode 39. For Friday, November 20, year of our Lord 2020, otherwise known as Reelection Day plus 17. (laughs) That's right. It means we are 17 days closer to Donald J. Trump being recognized as the winner of the legitimate November 3rd vote. All right, folks, great to have you on board. You are the VU crew and you are rocking the house because you have pushed us over over 1400 plays so far of the voice of one so i appreciate all of that uh, for you liking and downloading and subscribing whatever it is you do out there in podcast world and especially passing it on right hey here's a pastor a friend of mine up in indiana you might want to take a listen to this all right so i really appreciate you doing it remember Our host site is called Anchor FM. We're also on Spotify, on Overcast, on Pocket Cast. We're on seven different platforms, Google Podcasts. We're out there, and you guys are listening across uh, actually a range of host sites, and so I appreciate that. Remember, if you're on Facebook, you can find us just by putting Dark Roast Voo in the search engine. It will take you to the VooCast page, and you can link from there to any of our episodes. It'll take you to our, our host site, which is Anchor FM. Uh, so anyway, thanks for doing all that. Good to have you guys on board. This is Woody Cumby, your host of the updated blend of Coffee, Current Events, Faith, and FSU Sports, all in about 20 minutes. Yeah, that's right, folks, the blend yeah, it's been tweaked. It's been updated. You can't just let things stay there. You know, you have, to, you have to reinvent just a little bit from time to time. You have to really evaluate. You can't let things go stale. And so uh, our blend has been tweaked, as it were, updated uh, for relevance' sake. And so uh, if you were listening closely, you'll notice that it wasn't FSU football. It was FSU sports. Right, so uh, that way we can reject the losing FSU football and accept the FSU basketball team, men's baseball team, the championship girls softball team, the championship uh, girls soccer team just won the ACC championship. So it's it's FSU sports. See, it's a much more robust blend. Uh, than we had before. So it's just another upgrade we're bringing to you here on the VUcast, all right? Yep, it's great news, folks, just days away from FSU basketball. And by the way, I don't know if you saw it. Um, no, I didn't see it either, but, <laughs> but I did read about it. And that is, how about them Knowles going to the NBA off last year's team? That's right. Patrick Williams, the number four pick overall, first round, number four to the Chicago Bulls. And then Devin Vassell, number 11 overall to the Utah Jazz. Only program, FSU, only program with two lottery picks to the NBA in the 2020 draft. How about them, Knowles? All right, folks. Um, hey, in this podcast, I'm going to reveal to you today, before this podcast is over, the five-word truth. It's essential. These five words, this phrase, essential for the moment in which we are living. A five-word phrase. But first, hey, a couple items in the news. Um, there's another poll out. Yeah, that's right. They, they're not that those pollsters, yeah, they got to keep their jobs, so they're out there still polling, polling. And uh, there's a new Zogby poll out, okay, and uh, they were they were asking about whether people have confidence in this election, uh, or do people think that maybe the Democrats, Joe Biden, stole the election? Now here's the shocking finding. In this um, random poll uh, in the United States of America, they found that 47% of Americans say it is likely that the Democrats stole the election. (laughs) Now let me say it one more time. 47% say it is likely that the Democrats stole the election. Now, here's the super shocker out of this poll. When you dig a little bit deeper into the poll, you find that 20 percent, one in five Democrats believe that it is likely that Biden stole the election. Amazing, amazing. And here's the absolute takeaway from that and that is the one currently crowned by the media as the, the president-elect, will never have an ounce of credibility or legitimacy if there is not a thorough investigation into this vote to prove that only legitimate votes are being counted. And so I join the others that are saying if Joe Biden wants to be the unifier, he should come over to our side and say, yes, absolutely. There seems to be a lot of doubt. Let's count it all. Let's, 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 let's inspect every one of them. Let's make sure everybody has confidence because I'm telling you, this is, a, this is not just a divide in the sense of, you know, we voted for different people. Oh, man, one side's kind of disappointed. My guy didn't get in. No, there is a complete distrust by 47% of of people in America that the thing was even legit. I mean, this is like Banana Republic stuff. Meanwhile, big news out of Pennsylvania. Big news. How about this? Here's... um, Let me see if I can pull this up. Out of Pennsylvania, we have this uh, report. Uh, This is out of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and it was uh, yesterday evening... And here's the headline, Divided Pennsylvania House Gives Approval for Audit of 2020 Election. Here's the, uh, it's by uh, Ford Turner, uh, as the uh, writer, and it says, Harrisburg, a deeply divided house on Thursday voted to approve a Republican-sponsored measure that sets up a near-immediate audit of the 2020 election, citing inconsistencies and confusion in the electorate, as evidence, the process must be improved for future elections in the state. The vote was 112 to 90, and uh, so basically the idea is, uh, and, and by the way, here's the, uh, uh, one of the county uh, uh, representatives said, there's no need to fear this audit. I welcome it. We should all welcome it, and he's exactly right, to find out what went right and uh, what went wrong. He was one of the sponsors. Uh, of and Here's the deal. The, here's the important thing. This second audit, it involves data from every county, right? It, it becomes a county-level audit. So we'll see what happens uh, as a result of that. And I think we may find uh, it quite revealing, quite revealing. And that brings me to the seven-word quote of the day. No, 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 not the five-word truth. I'm talking about the seven-word quote of the day. This one from Nelson Mandela. Yes, uh, he said, It always seems impossible until it's done. (laughs) There you have it, folks. All right, folks, we have uh, three segments today. Woke church, the five-word phrase, and anniversary. All right? We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Segment number one, which is Woke Church. Now, unfortunately, I think this is a subject we'll be coming back to. We've already covered it in an earlier episode. We'll be coming back to it, I'm afraid, from time to time because, sadly, There are those items that come to the surface in the news that remind us that there are those among us who who say that they are Christians, even pastors, who have gone woke. That is to say, they've adopted critical race theory or the Marxism of BLM, or they've even adopted a pro, watch this, a pro choice stand and that's what we have here today. I bring you to a tweet by a person who calls himself the Reverend Raphael Warnock. Now, uh, interestingly, he is a candidate for the U.S. Senate in the state of Georgia. You might have heard that there's a runoff up there, two different runoff elections, and this guy is on the Democratic side of one of those elections. This is the guy that would go to the U.S. Senate, the Reverend Raphael Warnock. And here's what he tweeted out on the 18th of November at 5.30 p.m., and I quote, I am a pro-choice pastor. Say it again. I am a pro-choice pastor, he tweeted, and I believe that a hospital room is way too small for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. End quote. Now, that's his way of being quippy with his viewpoint. But his viewpoint, unfortunately, is not only unbiblical, right? But it's tragic. It's tragic. Now, I'm not saying there's not a chance for this man to repent. But this, this, is, uh, this is not just woke. This is headed toward the apostate church. Here's a man who stands in the pulpit, right, and says that he is for abortion. And I wonder if he agrees with Governor Cuomo's position and the New York legislators' position of abortion on demand even up to the point of birth or even moments after birth. I wonder. I wonder. This is an oxymoron that's kind of like that group that call themselves the pro the Pro-Life Evangelicals for Biden, which really should be called the Pro-Life Evangelicals for Abortion. Now, that's how much sense it makes. Now, here's what the Bible has to say about abortion. Now, it has many things to say about abortion. Um, now, they didn't have abortion exactly the way that, the word, that word doesn't show up in the Scripture, but see if see if this doesn't seem to apply Psalm 106 verse 38 says, They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was desecrated by their blood. There's a desecration that is happening on U.S. soil, and it's called the abortion industry, where multiplied thousands of unborn babies are being aborted every single day in America. And now, there are not only Christians, but there are those that would call themselves, and people who have been, in fact, Uh, leaders at a denominational level, a publication level, uh, a church level, that would would sign on to something like pro-life evangelicals for Biden or like this person who stands behind a pulpit, this Reverend Ralph Warnock, who now will adopt a pro-death position and call themselves pastors or evangelicals. It's just not the case. It's just not the case. Now, about a month ago, I said this from the pulpit of my church as part of a Sunday sermon. And uh, tragically, I think we're seeing it play out more and more every day. And I think we will see it play out more and more in the coming days. Here's what I said. We are entering into a time of testing in the American church. We are headed toward a division That is much deeper than political. It is a spiritual divide, one from which we are not likely to return. A great divide is coming. That's what I said. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to equip my church. I'm trying to warn my church. I know, I understand that most people in most congregations, they're just going about their daily lives. They're just they're, they're not thinking about about the the overall spiritual landscape of America. Most people are they they've got their lives are full. They've got their families, they got their kids, they got their their aging parent. They've got whatever it is. And and then there's COVID and then there's the work from home. There's all the, and but but I'm trying to like Stop and, and, and help my congregation understand what's happening out here in the, in, the, in, the, in the context of the American church so they won't be shocked and swept away uh, in the delusion uh, that is falling. Now that brings me to the five-word truth that I told you that I would reveal. That's right. It's coming up right after this break. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Segment two and three together, the five word truth and anniversary. Okay. I I promised you the five word truth. You can call it a five word truth, a, a principle, an axiom, a phrase, five word phrase. All I know is this is absolutely essential for a moment like this, a moment like this. Now, make no mistake. It's not the most essential sentence or phrase. No, that's a that's a four word phrase. Jesus Christ is Lord. Now that's the essential phrase. The essential truth. It's the four word confession that will will save your soul. And I encourage you right now, in, in these days, that you that you be right with God right this moment, that you make the decision, I I need to get my house in order, my spiritual house in order, and make the confession, Jesus Christ is Lord. But but I believe this five-word truth is essential for this moment. Now before revealing these five words, a little background. I've noticed, and maybe you've noticed this too, that there are these people on Facebook, other other places too, maybe somebody in your workplace, um, some other group you're a part of, um, a family member. But I've noticed, for example, on Facebook, there are these, these people, they're friends of mine, and uh, they, they, will, they will have a post. And you can tell they've spent a lot of time wordsmithing this post. They, they've given a lot, a lot of thought. And when you read it, you can tell what they're doing. They're trying to thread the needle. They, they, they've worked hard on this post, the wording of the post. They want to appear reasonable. They're going to be the reasonable one. They are they're, they're parsing their words just so, so that, so, so that their friends on the, on, on the left and their friends on the right so that those who are for Trump and those who are for Biden they'll all be able to read this post and say oh, you know yeah good good old her good old him he, he, you know I can agree with that that that's that, that's that's a pretty reasonable that's a that's a pretty reasonable thing right there he's saying and they 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 try they try to kind of be the new one. They're going to come out on the other side as the one who was reasonable, stayed above it all. Now maybe you have some noble one like that in your friendship base on Twitter or in your family or wherever it happens to be. Now I have, I have something to say to those folks and uh, this is the five-word phrase that I would commend to you as well. Are you ready? Here's the five-word phrase, a five-word truth, an axiom, a principle, a something to live by. Just an awareness, you might say, that you have to have in a moment like this. And here's the five words. The devil owns the fence. There they are. Simple as that. Those five words. The devil owns the fence. There's no middle ground, folks. It's been true all the way back into the Old Testament when the prophet of old said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. If it's God, serve him. If it's Baal, but serve him. But make the choice. The devil owns the fence. Revelation chapter 3, right? In verse 15, Jesus says, I wish you were cold or hot, but because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Why is that? It's because the devil owns the fence. Look, th- this is not a time for fence riders. This is not a time for mi- fence riders. It's time for every true believer to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will submit to the Bible and its, its truth, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable, whether it meets with our social mores or not, we're going to submit to what God's Word says. And for every God-fearing patriot, it's time to say, I stand for liberty over the tyranny of Marxism, the death cult leftist, who will stop at nothing to steal, kill, and destroy everything from a free and fair election to your religious liberty. This is the great divide. General Flynn tweeted out just the other day this, The question is not whether you support Trump or Joe Biden. The question is whether you support freedom or tyranny. Make your choice. Then pray and prepare. God bless America. Now, one final thing. 157 years ago, yesterday... November 19th, 1863, Abraham Lincoln delivered a three-minute speech at the dedication of the Soldiers National Cemetery in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. You know it as the Gettysburg Address. He said it would never be remembered. It's one of the most famous addresses in the history of the world. And I leave you now with that address, as read by none other than, Come On Country Music fans, Johnny Cash.
1: Four score and seven years ago, so began the message of a war-weary President Abraham Lincoln, a message written on the back of an envelope on the train on the way to dedicate a battlefield where men from the north and south had died at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Fourscore and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate under god shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth